This is the FS Tech Podcast. Hello and welcome to the FS Tech Podcast. I'm Hannah McGrath, editor of FS Tech, and today we're going to take a look at data and analytics in financial services and the progress organizations are making in using data platform technology to derive insights, understand customer behavior, and control compliance risk. FS Tech and HCL recently held a closed door industry roundtable event with senior leaders from financial services to explain these challenges. And this podcast is gonna delve further into some of the key topics that emerged during our discussion. We'll also take a look at the role of end-to-end data platforms, which use AI, machine learning, and automation to consolidate data and unlock the potential of data assets to drive efficiencies and improve the customer experience. To help me do this, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Anabav Merotra, who is Vice President and Head of Financial Services for the UK and Ireland at HCL Technologies, and who sponsored our roundtable session. Welcome to the podcast, Anabav. It's great to have you here today. Hello, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Well, um, I'm just going to get started and dive into our questions today. So I mentioned earlier we're going to talk about sort of data platforms and, and digital channels as well. How are financial services institutions accelerating their transition to digital channels? Hannah, so if you look at most financial services institutions, I think for several years they've known and have gradually been moving to creating more digital channels which they can use to service their customers. So there's been a gradual acceleration in that happening over the past several years anyway. And what we've seen is that the pandemic over the past 18 months or so has really shocked some of them into accelerating this journey quite significantly. They've suddenly realized that actually a digital channel or digital is not an option. It's really the only strategy that they can have as they look to the future. And this has helped drive a lot of acceleration, a lot of innovation in the space of transition to digital channels by banks, by insurance companies. There's been, you know, just the proliferation of smartphone devices, social media, digital sensors. All of this has contributed to this acceleration. And the other thing that a lot of financial services institutions have realized, and the pandemic has helped in some ways, is that more and more people relying on the internet or social media instead of physical intervention for meeting their banking needs or their insurance needs, users became a lot more comfortable with using digital channels and some of the barriers that they might have otherwise had started to fall. So that's helped quite significantly also. And when we start looking at financial services organizations themselves, some of the key things that we've seen happen and accelerate over the past few years, but particularly over the past 18 months, the first is that pivot to cloud and cloud-enabled technologies has accelerated. So financial services institutions are far more amenable to adopting either public or private cloud, or indeed even SaaS-based applications. The other thing that we have also seen uh, you know, a lot of interest in and a lot of investment going into is how do you really start using your data better? All insurance companies, all banks, they realize that they've got access to masses of data which if used in the proper way can actually create superior customer experience as well as business opportunities. I know we're going to talk more about data as we go along later on in this podcast. The third thing that we are seeing is that financial services institutions are, uh, because they're able to use cloud technologies, because they've got access to masses of data, what that allows them to do is use AI and ML in a far more productive way than they would have done otherwise and create really their needed hyper-personalized services that are much more relevant to their users. 
So that's the third thing that we've really been seeing in this space over the past few years. And all of this is, while this was always happening, I think the big change that we have seen over the past 12 to 18 months is that the sense of urgency around some of this transformation is far greater than we've ever seen before. And the scale at which this is being done right now is far greater than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. So a huge amount of change, and it seems very quick change as well within the past 18 months or so, this huge drive towards digital, but also the use of data to drive value and much better customer experience, but also to drive efficiencies on the back end as well. So a key theme that emerged during the roundtable that we held was data lineage and the various challenges of data management that FSIs are facing. Can you talk me through the importance of data lineage and how new technologies are changing data visibility for organizations? Absolutely, Hannah. So I think while we're all talking a lot about data these days, we need to recognize that from an organizational memory perspective, we are still relatively new in the use of data at scale. Most companies have only been doing it for a few years. And so some of the best practices around this are still evolving. And one of the great challenges that's come out of this whole evolution is that of data lineage. This tries to pinpoint the origins of data, what happens to it, how does it evolve over time? Where's the data coming from? How can you track? How can you visualize this data? I think this is extremely, extremely critical for financial services. And if you look at why this is so difficult, particularly in large established financial services organizations, is because traditionally data flows have been more vertical and less horizontal. And so what that has meant is that it sometimes can become very difficult to govern what elements of data are changing, which part of the organization, how they're getting reported, how they're being cleansed, etc. So we really think that data lineage in itself has many, many applications that are important to release the full potential of data-driven reporting processes. The ability to better anticipate regulatory requirements, the visualization of data lineage can help you unblock some of the black box processes that you sometimes see. So while we think that this is a great challenge, there is also a great opportunity within the whole data lineage space. And there are some great ways of managing this from a technology perspective, from a quality perspective, from a governance perspective, as well as from a regulatory perspective. And that's something that we all need to keep track of quite closely. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, a number of challenges there that really do require good data visibility, but also an understanding of data lineage, where data is coming from, where it's stored in an organization, and also, you know, where best to put it in an organization so it can be used and properly leveraged as well. Um, so that's really interesting. Thanks very much for that, Anubhav. Beyond data visibility, the roundtable also focused on the growing importance of data ethics and data privacy, um, as well as compliance. These were really big topics um, that came up during our session. What are the key challenges here, um, especially in the world of hybrid work when it comes to data ethics and data privacy, as well as some of the compliance challenges? Great question, Hannah. I think it's very difficult to have a conversation today about data without really thinking about challenges around risk, compliance, data ethics, etc. I think we are seeing that in almost all organizations that we talk to, the kind of investment that's going into increasing the ability to manage some of these risks is growing significantly. And look, the challenges are manifold. If you really start thinking about it, at its very basic level, there are challenges around how data is stored, how it is accessed, how it is used, etc. So at a very basic level, you've got some of these challenges, which is that how do you protect the data? How do you make sure it's being used for the right purposes? It's got the right permissions that have been granted. Uh, before using this data, etc. 
The second is, and this is also sometimes an interesting one to think about, very often the owners of the data don't know what their data is being used for. So how do you educate customers or the owners of the data, how their data is going to be used, how it's going to be accessed, how it's going to be stored, where it's going to be stored, etc. The third big thing here is how do you make sure that you continue to invest in the right kind of security and risk postures Mm -hmm. such that you can continue to protect this data. And the fourth for us is really how do you continue to work with compliance and regulatory authorities and keep pace with what they're expecting we're going to do with this data. So the way we see it is that while data in itself offers a great opportunity, clearly a good use of data Smart use of data can help you create new business models. It can help you hyper-personalize services. It can help you really turbocharge some of the services. At the same time, it also is a great responsibility on us, how we secure this data, how we manage it, and how do we make sure that the data is used for the right purposes. And that's really where data ethics comes in. And I think that there is a growing realization that this is really critical. And we can start seeing a lot of investment going into this space now. And just to sort of jump in there, yeah, it's key at the moment for financial services firms. It's not just the compliance side of things. It's also the transparency with the customer, isn't it? Absolutely. I think that the relationship of trust between users and businesses and banks, insurance companies, et cetera, it's extremely important. I mean, users share, particularly with financial services organizations, as well as healthcare organizations, insurance organizations, they share some very sensitive data. And if they can't trust their bank or their insurance company or their hospital or whatever, that their data is going to be taken care of, it doesn't matter what the compliance says. It doesn't matter how many firewalls you put in place. And it doesn't matter what practices you put in place. If that trust is broken, it's really difficult to regain. And I think most organizations are aware of that and they, for the most part, act accordingly. Absolutely. And, and I mentioned there's sort of the, the world of hybrid work. Um, do you think that adds more complexity into all of these challenges as well? I think it does, but the reason I think it does is less to do with technology and it's more to do with people. But what I mean by that is that I think that if you talk to most security experts or data experts, they will tell you that you can have the best technology in place and you can have the best security controls in place. The reality is that more often than not, the weak link is human error or it's just humans not being aware of what we're meant to be doing and not meant to be doing. And hybrid work just amplifies that problem a little bit. The fact that you're working from home, if you're working from a coffee shop, if you're working from somewhere else, how do you make sure that as a user, even though you've probably still got the same controls inside your network, But as a user, how do you still have the same heightened sense of awareness around data and security as you would inside an office? I think that's the risk and it's the kind of thing that needs to be addressed through better engagement with users, better training, things such as that. Absolutely. So it's building that culture around data protection and privacy. Given that, um, what does the future of data operations look like in your point of view? And um, what are the best strategies that FSIs can take to prepare their infrastructure for the world of digital channels? So I think that if you think about data operations, both currently as well as in the future, one thing that's becoming increasingly clear is that how we are going to be able to use data in more and more innovative ways is going to help us decide how we can differentiate in the market, right? So that's, I think, becoming really, really clear for a lot of people. And we think that there are great many use cases for how you can use data more effectively, right? Whether that's to increase operational efficiency, whether that's better fraud protection, 
whether that's to reduce friction etc there's a great degree of interest now what's going to happen we think over the next few years is that this whole thing is going to scale very very significantly and some of the things to watch out for from a data operations perspective and the implications of this which only understood is that a lot of this data is going to be and still is it's generated to the edge instead mm-hmm. of inside the core and that's also now you will find that a lot of this data will also start getting processed at the edge but when this data is getting processed at the edge then the implications of what that means for uh, how you're managing security how you're managing your networks how you're managing communications etc that's going to change quite dramatically so that's one thing that one needs to watch out for and remember this is only going to increase with the advent of iot and 5g because what that's going to help you do is process a lot of this data right there at the edge as close to the customer as you possibly can so that's one thing to look out for the second thing that's also worth considering is that the level of i'd say kind of sharing of data across ecosystems is just going to increase very very significantly so that's to things like open banking or other similar approaches it will happen cross industry so banks with retail organizations with you know healthcare companies i think it's a lot of that's going to happen so that's the other thing to look out for which we think is going to have some fairly fundamental implications on data operations Absolutely. Well, I mean, a, a nice look into the future there. And, and unfortunately, um, I'm afraid that's all we have time for today, Annabelle. But um, if our listeners would like to find out um, more about HCL, where can we send them? I think the best is just head to our website, the HCL website. And there, I think you'll find not just a lot of content around how we can help customers on data and digital, but also more generally about what we're doing with the financial services customers that we have across the globe. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that, Anabab. And um, thank you also for sharing your sort of insights and views with us today. Um, It's great to have you on the podcast and I look forward to welcoming you to another FS Tech podcast very soon. And if you as listeners um, have any suggestions for future content for podcasts, any topics that you'd like to discuss, simply go to the FS Tech news website and head to the contact us page and uh, get in touch. Thanks so much, Anabab, again, and looking forward to welcoming you onto another podcast very soon. Thank you. Anna, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to the FS Tech Podcast.